I see a few new faces here today, so welcome, those of you who are here for the first time. If this is your very first time, I hope you're pleasantly surprised and not too um, shocked. <laughs> I've been known sometimes to maybe be a little shocking, but Jim helps to balance it off by bringing peace once again. We kind of work as a team here. You know, I like that phrase, what it, what it was that, uh, here to comfort those that are disturbed and those that are disturbed uh, those that are comforted to be disturbed. <laughs> I'm usually the one who creates the disturbance to the comforted ones, and he's usually the one who brings the comfort to the disturbed ones. So we find a balance somewhere in there. So as most of you know, and those of you that are new, we're, we're pretty relaxed, laid back, and we just share openly. A lot of what we do here is really just in the moment of a sharing. We don't have any pre pre prepared uh, sermons or scriptures. No choirs other than the heavenly host singing inwardly, which is why we practice the meditation here when we talk about the light and sound of God. Well, that's part of what goes on on inner levels. But really getting to that place where we can really begin to open up and really hear and see that inner light and sound, well, that's really why we're here. It's so funny because a lot of when Jim and I share up here, you'd be surprised the amount of energy that moves through us and that process, the movement of the Holy Spirit, but also then with the individuals within the room. And in a sense, we're all here collectively together, but yet each of us individually has their own process in all of that. God loves everybody, but do we love ourselves to let that loving in from God? And we each have all these different belief systems and barriers and judgments and fears that often block us. Are we worthy enough? Do we deserve it or not? And so we each come in here individually with our own set of structures, if you will, or concepts and constructs of how we've been living life and not only living life, but how we even approach God in that way, not even realizing at times that how we live inside of ourselves can block that experience directly with the divine. A lot of people think, well, God's doing it to me, or Satan's doing it to me. But how many of us take the approach, maybe I'm the one doing it to me, maybe I'm the one who has freedom of choice and who has the power to really create that which I want and to let go of that which I don't want. So a lot of what you're going to hear in here, whether you've been here for years and years, or your first time, we speak a lot of taking personal responsibility for our own thoughts and belief systems and constructs, the way we feel, our reactions, the actions we take. It's all about personal responsibility in that way. And what do we do with that? Do we take what goes inside of us our mental constructs, our feelings, and play the victim. You say, oh, my God, they did this to me. That's why I feel this way. It's their fault. You know, pretty much what politics is, right? Pretty much what family life is. Pretty much what everything is out there in the world. But then at times we come across individuals or groups where all of a sudden there's not that going on. And we feel this sense of calm and peace. We go, what's going on here? Why is this different? What are they doing? They must be strange cult or something. What's happening there? Why are they all so peaceful? Well, even in those peaceful places, believe me, there's sometimes volcanoes waiting to erupt. Sometimes peace is created because people are in denial and avoidance, and not wanting to look at all that disturbance. Sometimes people really are in peace because they are, because they've really tuned into that flow of loving and grace and have done a lot of inner work to heal and to forgive and to let go a lot of those things that have caused disturbance, that have blocked that flow of grace and loving in their lives. And so we come together as a group, no matter where we are. Today, we are where we are. We come together as a group, but each of us brings our own individual process or circumstances, our experiences, ways of believing and doing. What I would ask in here is just be open, be willing to listen, to hear something, maybe new, maybe something old, maybe it's just a reminder, but maybe to reach even beyond the words and to not let the words get in the way to cause new judgments and 
belief systems or mental constructs, but rather to let the word serve as a guiding post, as a signpost, to give us a direction to look, to direct our attention rather than into the disturbance, but to let that go, to forgive, to let go, and to redirect our attention into that which we call divine. In here, you'll often hear us talk about the light and the sound of God. You know, everybody says, go for the light, go to the light, look to the light. Nowadays, you hear so many things about near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, religious experiences. Do you ever notice in all of them, they all include the light? There's always a light. There's always a bright light. Except for the damned ones, right? Then all the little demons come up, screaming and dragging them down to the pits of hell. I know we've seen a lot of those movies out there as well. Maybe we've even had our own dreams or inner experiences with that. Sometimes people say, well, you get what you focus on. Energy follows thought. So if we think about it, maybe we're creating our own reality. So these are all different concepts to pay attention to, but it always boils down to what are we doing within ourselves to begin to really look, to take a good, earnest, honest look at what we've got running within ourselves. How do we lie to ourselves, and how do we speak the truth to ourselves? How are we loving and accepting and forgiving with ourselves? And maybe how are we hard and judgmental? I'm sure most of us have been taught in some way through guilt or shame, doing things wrong, so we're always striving to do things right. But in that striving to do things right, we've denied or avoided the wrongness, and there's a lot of hurt and shame there that maybe we need to spend some time to look at, to heal, to begin to forgive. That's what we often in here call the inner work, or we like to say going homework. Going homework. Those things we need to do within ourselves to really come to that place or to go to that place that we could call our divine spiritual home, called the kingdom of God, that living, loving essence. There's many different ways to describe this, and we each have heard it in different ways through our own upbringing. So I like to share in here, please be open to how we talk and not let words get in the way, but rather let words, again, be signposts to give a direction to move towards that which we want to really experience. And hopefully if you came here, it's because you want to really begin to discover and to know and to experience more directly and fully inside of yourself that which maybe we call divine or spiritual or God. Again, we try to use a lot of words. If you can get the concept and the direction, we can begin to move there. And so in a little bit of time here, we're going to move into this action we call meditation. It's a prayerful state. It's a quiet state where we begin to quiet our thoughts, our feelings, to let the body relax and become still so that we and our attention can direct it into a one-pointed focus. And here we have a phrase, God first and God only. If we can always direct our attention into that God essence, that loving spirit. Well, then maybe we can actually begin to experience that as a reality rather than as a wish or a hope or a want. And that's a lot of the goal that we strive for here is to have our own living personal experience of that light and sound of God, of that beingness or essence that that is. So there are signposts to look for. Well, don't we hear about them? Grace, peace, gratitude, loving, joy, enthusiasm, acceptance, forgiveness, creativity. It's all kinds of characteristics or qualities that we could call divine. So we look to those to experience them, to begin to feed those qualities within ourselves so that we begin to live them and experience them more fully. And as we do, we also learn 
how to let go of that which has blocked us from that, that which has created the disturbance or the negativity a lot of people say nowadays. That's a bad energy. I know I hear that a lot. Well, yeah, there's a lot of bad energy everywhere. Probably the worst of it just within ourselves and our own thoughts and feelings. But if we can begin to realize we have a power inside of ourselves to change those thoughts and feelings, to be able to really release those through loving and accepting and forgiving, well, if you just realize what I just said there, you realize you do have the power to create that change. But it really is up to you. It is up to you. Jim and I aren't here to preach and tell you how it is. We're not. That's not our job. We're here to share from our own experience. There are general principles and concepts that if anybody applies them, you're going to begin to have the experience that goes with that. And that's what we share here. There's those principles and concepts by which we begin to apply them and have our own experience. But you've got to really do the application. You've got to do the homework. You've got to make an effort and take some time to do this for yourselves, not for anybody else. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourself because that's what's going to really make the difference. If you're going to do it for other people, well, whoever you're doing it for, I'll tell you at some point you're going to probably find yourself building resentment towards them, even if it's something good. Haven't you found that in your life? You try to do something good for other people, but then at some point you don't feel appreciated or they're taking you for granted or maybe they just criticize you all the time. And you go, what's the deal? All I do is a lot of good and I love them so much. That's where we need to pay attention. What are we doing and why are we doing it? So we don't begin to do things and then build resentment even towards those we love but that we pay attention to what we're doing inside and that we do it for ourselves in loving. And then if we do it for ourselves and truly in loving, guess what we have now to give to others? Loving. But if we are trying to give to others out of our guilt or shame, it just builds that resentment more and more, which creates a bigger wedge, a wall of separation between one another and within ourselves until we're in so much pain that we don't know what to do. So we begin to seek out guidance, counseling, spiritual help, psychological help. And that's good because we want to do that to begin to heal whatever these walls of separation are that we've built up within ourselves. And so there's three different, we keep it simple, we call this a threefold pathway. We use meditation, self-study, and service as three focal points to really live more of a spiritual life. And we always start with meditation because that is the most direct way to go inside, to go within. All the great spiritual saints, mystics, teachers throughout the ages have always shared the same thing, to know God to even know yourself, you've got to go within. To wake up and know the divine, we have to go within. Well, I always like to say, go within what, right? Because you could go into, well, I could go into the next room. I could go wherever, down the street. To go within, into that living essence, the divine, the spirit within us. Not into our negativity and disturbance, but to go within to the spirit of who we are. And that's the challenge we all have, is how do we go within to that spirit? Well, most of the time we are taught and think we have to be good people, live a certain way, and that does help. That's part of the next three-fold aspect I said about self-study or spiritual study. We like to say spiritual self-study to put it all together. Because to also live a lot of spiritual principles and concepts, we've got to begin to pay attention. Well, what really is living it? Is living that spiritual principle based upon our belief systems of right and wrong? Or is it living it according to a true experience 
that is unfolding inside of us. That's why we talk about self-study rather than just reading a book or scriptures out here. To do that too, to read and get the tools, the principles, but then to apply them. That's the self-study. How am I living these principles? What am I doing with these? What is my approach? Am I approaching this and doing this out of righteousness, or I like to say wrongteousness? Or am I doing this because there's this loving and caring that I have for myself? That not only do I want to be a good person, whatever those quotes mean I was just doing with my fingers, well, we have all different definitions of what that is. But maybe it's not just to be a good person. Maybe it's to experience goodness or godness and those qualities of peace and grace and loving that come with that. And believe me, when we really, truly begin to experience and live that loving that is divine, we're going to know that, not as a thought or a belief, but knowing from our own direct experience of that. And when we do that, the service action, automatically loving wants to share itself. When you live in a place of loving in peace and joy, that wants to share itself with everything around itself. So when we begin to really tap into and experience more that divine essence of loving, of spirit, automatically we're just going to start sharing that with everybody and everything around us. And that's a nice thing to do. And that's what we in here would call service, is really simply an action of sharing that loving and caring, that acceptance and joy that you are living now to share it with others around you. But first... We have to go within to where that resides within ourselves, to tap into that wellspring, to open the doors, to allow that movement or that expression to take place in us and through us for that to happen. We can't create these qualities of God through our belief systems and our feelings These are real living essences, expressions of God that cannot be created out of the mind or the ego and emotions. They can only be allowed as we open to them to flow through us. Can you create God? Can you create God in your own fantasies and belief systems and feelings? Well, that would be pretty egotistical to think we could, wouldn't it? But that's where it's challenged. The ego is always challenged because the ego wants to be the creator, the powerful one, the one that has control. So to surrender that, to surrender that ego is the biggest blow. Often felt like humiliation. But I like to call humiliation, humility in action. Because to the ego, it's embarrassing, it's shameful. We feel humiliated. But eventually, when we really move ourselves into humbleness, in that way that is aligned to open ourselves to that flow of grace and loving that is true, that is of the divine, well, that always brings healing and peace. So it will bring peace to that disturbance inside of us, even that which feels humiliated. When we allow that to take place within us, we will really then begin to really know what humility is as well. That humility is the sacrifice or the surrender of the ego. In all of our beliefs and concepts and constructs of what we think is right and wrong, To lay it all down and say, God, I'm open. I surrender and I am open to your grace, your truth, your light, your love. To truly surrender and to see what happens. To make yourself 
100% vulnerable and open. Isn't that part of the symbology of even Jesus on the cross? Complete vulnerability. To lay down your life. That life everlasting, that life eternal. I'm sounding like a preacher today. This is a little different. This is the fun and the joy of doing this. As I was sharing earlier, when Jim and I share, we're in the moment. And a lot of when we share is a flow that we experience within ourselves, a movement of what we call the Holy Spirit. And it's fun because it's always a little different. It's always the same, as all of you have been coming around for a while know. You hear the same thing, but it always comes through in different ways at different times. That's part of the fun and the joy of always keeping it fresh. And it's always renewing itself. It never gets old. It's always renewing. It's fun for me today. It feels a little more preachy in a way or churchy-like, which is kind of fun. I mean, we are a church after all. <laughs> Very different or alternative, some people would call. Are we new agey? Are we old agey? What are we? Maybe we're just present in the here and now, regardless of the time. Because to really, truly wake up and know the divine, we've got to be here and now, regardless of our past or the future. But just to be present here and now, to truly be present. What it takes to truly be present, though, is that we really have to let go of our past. Can you do that? Can you let go of your past? Or are you still carrying that around with you? As your conditioning, your judgments, your fears, your belief systems. And don't get me wrong, sometimes our belief systems serve us very well to live a good life. Those aren't the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about those belief systems that have really caused a lot of the separation and pain. Those are usually the hardest ones to look at that we want to deny and avoid and run away from rather than to turn and face and begin to even love those things so that we can now move into a place of forgiveness and truly heal our past. So we can now come present because even when we try to be present in the here and the now, if that past is still pulling on us, calling on us, or for that matter, the future of all the dreams, the wishes, the desires of what we yet want to be in our lives, we have to be willing to let go of that too in order to come present here in the now. So in truth, we have to let go of our past and our future to be right here now. And that's really the one of the main concepts of the meditation and why that action is so important. It's a great tool to bring us present into the here and the now. It gives us an opportunity to let go of the past, the future. It gives us an opportunity to really let go of all those distractions, those responsibilities, those thoughts and feelings in the world that are ever calling us, ever pulling on us. If anything, can we just take a little bit of time to focus on God, to be present in a place of loving and peace and joy with God? Well, that's what meditation is, is just taking a little bit of time to be present with God, to let go of everything else and just to be present. And if God is too big of a concept, if that's a concept, not my experience, God's more than a concept. It's a living, loving essence that is more real than anything else. We've got to be willing to let go of all the concepts in order to experience that realness. And so in meditation, that's what we're attempting to do, is to let go of all those things that we have conceived within ourselves that block us from that experience of the real living essence of God. But a lot of times, 
We don't understand. Well, what is God? How do I know? Well, that's where we start to break it down to a few simple expressions of God's loving. As I was saying, the oneness of God is all loving. But in that loving comes different expressions, as I mentioned. There's many of them. I just mentioned a few, such as joy and peace and enthusiasm, gratitude, forgiveness, acceptance. So sometimes it helps if we just maybe focus on one of the qualities that maybe we already have a general experience or idea of or a sensation. Oh, yeah, I know what it was like to feel peaceful, even though it was 10 years ago. I remember that. I remember when I was enthusiastic and really enjoyed what I was doing or how I was being. Sometimes all we have to do is tap back into that which we've already experienced and just go into it more fully, more deeply to see if it can begin to expand within us so we can have a greater experience of that quality that we are focusing on. But in here, we're doing the same thing. But the meditation that we teach here, I'm going to share a couple things about it, and then we'll get to it. A couple simple things that we focus on so that it's easier to recognize, to experience. What is that loving essence? What is that light and sound that we speak of? and the qualities that come with that. Well, when we open ourselves up through meditation, we can experience all the different qualities all at once, or maybe just experience one or two or three according to God's will and what is going to best serve us in the moment. Not us in our own mind trying to figure it out and say, I'm going to do this because I think this is the best thing for me. Rather, to open ourselves and say, okay, God, thy will be done. You know what's best for me. So why don't I just open myself to allow that to be revealed, to be awakened within me, rather than me trying to, out of my own ego, trying to generate something, to create something that maybe we can temporarily, but it'll lose power after a while because the ego is temporary where that loving essence of God is eternal. And we're going to go through all that anyway. That's the journey. That's why we call this a journey or a pathway, an adventure. It's one of discovery that as we take the next step and the next step, we're going to have more experience. And that experience is what will lead to our wisdom and understanding and knowing that which is true and divine and that which is not, that which is made up out of our own beliefs and wishes and wants and desires. So in the meditation that we share here, we have a simple focus to focus into that loving essence of God. And as we focus into that loving essence, what are we attempting to do? We are just attempting to love God. That's it. We are attempting to love God. Why do I say attempting? Because it is an attempt. Part of that attempt is also really letting go of all the other stuff I was just talking about. Because how can we love God fully if we're still hanging on to all this other stuff? We've all heard the phrase, you can't take it with you. Well, then why are you trying? Why are you trying to take it all with you rather than realizing I've got to let it all go so that I can go? to that true home. And I'm not talking about dying to go home. I'm talking about waking up and living now and being home, consciously aware now before the body dies. Like I said, we hear about these near-death experiences and all the things out there nowadays. But what if we could have those experiences ourselves to wake up and know the truth of the divine before the body dies? 
What if we could do that? Well, that's a lot of what we're sharing here is how to do that so that we can really see, know, and experience that light, that sound, that essence of God and really begin to know what that is before that final breath is taken so that we can enter the next stage of our journeys at that time without fear. And not just a hope and a wish, am I going to go to heaven or hell? I hope I'm going to heaven. But to really enter knowing from your own experience before you actually leave this body. So the meditation we teach is an avenue by which we begin to share our loving with God. And then the other part of it is to receive God's loving for us. It's like breathing in and breathing out. Two simple actions. To share, to receive. To give, to receive. To breathe out and share loving with God. To breathe in and take in God's loving. That's the meditation. And to let go of everything else. To not take the time in meditation to do our prayers. Prayers are great. To have that conversation with God, yes. But it's also important to take the time to be with God. Not just to talk to God, but to be with God. Sometimes the words get in the way. And sometimes the words help draw us nearer. Especially if those words are, I love you, God. And you know what? I know you love me. Can you say, I know you love me? Can you say that and know? Do you know that for yourself? Or do you just hope and wish that? We want to get to the place where we know that for ourselves. When you know that, that's when your life will be transformed. That's the transformation that takes place if we, as we really enter into that relationship. And the meditation action is the most direct way. Our relationship is every moment of every day all the time in truth. But in our day-to-day lives, do we take time to give our undivided attention to just that inner relationship with God? Well, that's what the meditation is about, is to really just take some time to just focus on that relationship with God. Not with other people, not even your mates, and nothing else in the world, but just you and God. To take that time. That's the real action of meditation. And then the other part of it is also having an understanding. Well, what do I look for? How do I know? Well, that's why we do have a focus that we do in this meditation. That we need to learn how to focus our loving towards God. And to focus ourselves and hold that focus so that that door is open to receive God's loving for us. That we don't just close the door and don't let it in, but how we can keep the door open so that we can experience receiving it as well as sharing it. But it's kind of like the old water pumps. If you ever know the hand pumps with the old wells, you had to put a little water in and do the pump to get the water to come out. That's kind of like meditation's like. We've got to put some water in. We've got to put some of our loving into it to get that pump going to now get that loving coming back. We've got to open the channels. And so as we move into meditation, we have a focus 
into that channel of loving, to begin to open the doors, to begin to get that pump going so that loving begins to move now where maybe it's been dry or stagnant. And so the first step is learning where to focus. Well, because we can focus wherever we want. Outside or inside. But you ever seen pictures, different saints or sages over the ages, and they have these halos in their paintings, you know, the golden circle or sphere around their heads? Do you ever wonder why that's there? Well, that's the essence of God, where it resides. That essence of God is the soul, the divine spark that each of us is. Out of that oneness, God expressed and all these divine sparks that each of us is, is God's expression. Well, that's what that is. And when there's a picture of a saint from the days old, that was a representation of one who was awakened to the light of their soul, that they know who they are as that divine essence of God. Well, isn't that even what Jesus did? I and the Father are one. And these things I've done, so shall you, and even greater. Well, if we're going to do that, we've got to wake up to that divine essence. We've got to know our oneness with God, not as a wish or what somebody tells us, but as our own experience. And so in meditation, that's what we're doing is awakening to that. So we've got to focus into it. So if that light of the soul, that God essence is up here, well then are you going to focus in your toe or your knee or your belly? No, you're going to focus where that is. So in meditation, we want to focus up into this light that is around our head. And it's always been taught. All those Teachers, masters, saints of the ages that have awakened to that always teach the same technique of meditation that they did to awaken to know that themselves. And so that technique is what we share here. To open that door to awaken to our own divine essence, that inner light. That's why we call this inner light ministries the inner light, the light of the soul. That is that living, loving expression of God. And so we want to focus into that. And so here's the place. It's often referred to as a spiritual door, a spiritual eye, the seat of the soul. It is this place that is above the eyebrows in the center, the top of the head area here that place by which that living essence breathes life into this body, and on that last breath, it leaves. If you don't believe me, think of it. If you've ever been with somebody when they're dying on their last breath, do you know that the extremities always get cold first? And the last part that gets cold is the top of the head? Why is that? Because the soul comes in from up here and down through the body. And so as the soul withdraws its life out of the body and on that last breath leaves, well, that essence of life actually generates heat. <laughs> so that will be the last place to cool down as that essence leaves. So when we meditate, we want to focus into that essence and that's right up here. So when we go into this meditation, you can do it with your eyes open or closed. We often suggest closing your eyes so you don't get distracted by movements and things out here in the room, but so you can really let go of the outer focus and now just focus into this area to draw your attention right here into that essence. You can even visualize it. If you can't see it, you can visualize it through your imagination. That golden white light of the soul right here is 
sitting on the top of the head, the seat of the soul. So when we go into meditation, that's what we ask you to do, is to focus your attention up here to where that soul, light, essence of loving is. And then we want to stay focused. So we've got a couple ways to do that. One of them is just visually. But it's like, well, when I close my eyes, it's often just dark, or I see the light of the room coming in through my eyelids. But then when I look inside, there's nothing there. Well, that's okay. The first step is just to focus your attention. And then if it helps, you can visualize in your imagination a golden light. And the more you do that, the more you do that, at some point, something is going to stir or open or move. And as it does, you may feel like a sensation on your forehead or head, just a slight pressure or a tingling. That's that movement. That's what's taking place. And at times, you may begin to actually see an inner light on the inner vision, not the light coming in through your eyelids, not even what you may be imagining or visualizing, but a real light that is moving. It literally, you don't know if it's coming or going and it's moving around. It often will show up as a white light or a purple light, sometimes a blue. Most common is that violet, that purple light is the most common or the white light. Think of it, the pure essence of spirit. Well, just like in the spectrum of the rainbow, out of white light comes the spectrum of the rainbow, and violet's the top of that spectrum. So is that white light up here, that golden white light up here as it comes in, and we may see it in its purity, or as it comes into these frequencies of what we say the physical creation of time and space? Well, then it breaks down the frequency like in the colors of the rainbow. So it's very common to see a purple light, that first stepping down of the white light, and then even a blue. You may even see all the other colors of the rainbow. But is that especially that purple light and white light that we want to focus on because that's that higher frequency that is that truer essence of that living spirit. And so we want to keep our focus up into those higher frequencies to have a greater experience of the truth of God, not the watered-down version. What do I mean by watered-down version? Well, we all place all kinds of belief systems and feelings on what that is. We water that down. So if we can begin to reach beyond our watering things down, what we think or feel of it, and just focus into what it really is, that's what we're attempting to do in meditation, is to go into the real experience of it. And these are some of the simple guideposts or signposts as a saying that will let you know when you're doing that. If you have that feeling on the top of the head, if you begin to see this inner light moving in your field of vision right here with your eyes closed in the darkness, you see that white or purple light, that's the movement of that spirit within you. So if you see that, keep watching. Just watch. Hold your attention. Let go of all your thoughts and feelings and just hold your attention on that inner light. And let it just move. Surrender and let go. See if that light fills you. You may get goosebumps, you know, the chicken skin stuff. That's when that light moves in you. You feel that quickening. You may even cry sometimes as it moves because you feel that loving and grace that comes with it. Or other times you just feel an overwhelming sense of peace and relaxation and calm. And you just know everything's okay. With God, everything really is okay. When we're caught up in our thoughts and feelings, though, it often doesn't seem like it at times. But if we can let go of that and just be present with that inner light, and if you don't see the inner light, like I said, even if it's a sensation on the top of the head, relax and just focus on that sensation. 
It's the same thing. There's a light, there's a feeling. And if you pay really close attention, you may even hear an inner sound. Sometimes that sound is as simple as like a ringing in the ears. Do I have tinnitus? Often people think they do. And often it's actually that inner sound. You may even hear the deeper you go into, the longer you pay attention and relax and allow that light and loving to just wash over you, you'll be more aware of what comes with that. That's where you may hear the inner sounds. I mentioned the heavenly host in the beginning. There is truly a heavenly host. And it is the most amazing thing to hear the angels singing. I have. You listen, you'll begin to hear. But you've got to let go of the listening out here and concentrate and listen deeply within in that light. And you may even hear what people refer to as that still small voice of God that speaks to each and every one of his children. You may even hear your name called. Don't be surprised if you actually do hear a voice that's not your own or somebody in the room, but inside. Music, all the music on the inner realms. Some of the greatest conductors have tried to repeat out here what they've heard inside in themselves. If you've heard in the Mozarts, the Beethovens, these are people who have heard these inner sounds and the beauty of them and try to bring them into the world. Sounds of nature. You may hear, it's often referred to as the wind of the Holy Spirit. There is a wind that you can hear that moves that is the Holy Spirit. And that wind transforms and clears away those things of the past, those things that have caused disturbance and separation. That's the grace of God that just clears away all of that stuff that would block us from having that true living experience. For whom the bell tolls, the sound of the bell. Did you know that the founding fathers in the Liberty Bell actually designed that as an outer symbol to the truth that they knew in the divine? The bell that tolls is the bell, the sound of God for the soul that is on the journey of liberation and awakening. The liberty bell was the outer symbol for the liberation of the soul and his journey home to God. The founding fathers knew this. And I'll say the founding mothers did too. Maybe they just weren't given as much credit in the time. So these sounds that we would even hear here come from these inner levels. So, I mentioned, I've said quite a bit, and I've mentioned just a few simple things that as we go into meditation to focus, to feel, to watch, to listen. And I sum all of that up as observation just to be open and vulnerable and observe with all, just like your five physical senses, I didn't even talk about the others, the five physical senses are outer reflections of our inner senses. So some of you may even have the smelling. Sometimes people even smell like roses or flowers when that spiritual essence is moving. And maybe even get a taste, maybe some frankincense or mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that one myself. I know some people have. So pay attention to all of that. That's why it's important to just be open and vulnerable and just 
surrender everything to truly make yourself available to whatever that experience is that God has for you individually. We're not trying to do something as a group here. This really, even though we gather as a group, this is not a group action. What we share here is really for the individual. You have to go within yourself to wake up and know the divine. You can't do it through another person. You've got to do it within yourself. So this is for the individual. Yeah, we do it as in a group for obvious reasons, but what we share here is really for the individual, for your own personal journey. But it's all up to you. We just share here. We don't ask of you. That's up to you. You can ask of yourself what you want to do, what you don't want to do, what you believe, what you don't believe. That's not our concern. That's yours because it is your life after all. It's not ours. We have our lives and we each have our lives and we each are going to make the choices that we feel best serve us. So, there is one other thing I'm going to share and then we'll move into the meditation. Some of you are already doing it, I know. You know, it's just a funny thing. Sometimes when we close our eyes and have all the best intentions, our minds just wander, we fall asleep, we get caught up in our imagination, we start thinking about all the things that we need to take care of in the world. That just happens. So we've got a couple things to look for that inner light and that feeling and listen for the inner sound. But sometimes we also need to be a little more active. All that state of observation is more passive or receptive, but we also need to be active. So in the beginning, I talked about we've got to share our loving with God. So there's a simple way to do that. Well, one, you can just literally go inside and say, God, I love you. I love you. And you can do that. I often do that pretty much as a regular part of my meditation. Another way is to have a tone, a mantra, a word, a name, a quality to focus on. You can do this. You can say, God, I love you. You can focus on a quality of God and just repeat that as like a mantra inside of yourself or a prayer. But we also use what is known as the sacred name of God. A lot of people nowadays are familiar with Om, Om. And that can be very effective. So we use a, a technique similar to that, but different. We use one we call the hue. This isn't the word human. This is where it's fun. If you want to do some research, look up the word human and really go and find where it came from. Human. Hue is actually a name for God. Human is actually the name that came out of Greek for God and man. And man actually came from the word manas, meaning mind. So God and the mind, God and man, human. So by having a name or a quality to focus on, that's how we can stay active and hold our attention. Because that doorway, you've heard the phrase, the straight and the narrow, it's easier, what? Is it easier for who to get into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle? This little place, the straight and narrow, that door's kind of little. So how do we get through that little door, that straight and narrow, through the eye of the needle? It takes a lot of focus. So the more we can have a one-pointed focus, the easier it is to move or to open that doorway to experience that inner light and sound. So by having a simple name as the hue is a way to hold our attention to move through that door, to open the door, to direct ourselves so we're not scattered. If we're scattered, we're going to miss it. So a lot of the meditation is learning how to hold a one-pointed focus and to stay active enough we don't just fall asleep. And as we learn to hold that focus, we will find 
the mind, the emotions, the body will just relax all on their own. We don't even have to work at relaxing them. They will just relax the more we can hold that one-pointed focus. So as we go into the meditation, I'm going to suggest at one point chanting the hue. That'll sound like hue. As we do that, it'll help draw our attention and create that one-pointed focus within our consciousness. And in that name, that word itself, that sound, as I said, there's a light in the sound of God. That sound, the hue. There's a frequency in that sound that is the sound of the soul awakening that is that living, loving essence of God that in that sound as we focus even on just that name, that in that name, that frequency, the sound within there begins to create a stirring awake of that divine essence within us. And that's what we're attempting to do here. But some people go, well, the hue makes no sense to me. That's fine. It doesn't have to make sense. It's a tool. It's a vibration. It's a frequency to help us begin to awaken that which is that loving spirit within us. If we understood all that, we would already be doing it. We wouldn't need it then. But if we don't know and are not already God-aware and awake and know our oneness with God, maybe it would be good to use a tool that can do that. And that's why we share that. And with that sound and that frequency of the hue, well, it's simple because it doesn't engage the mind. The mind will often want a bunch of words to make a lot of sense. And that feeds the mind. Now, if you can say, I love you, God, and it helps you to move your loving, the spirit of you are, into that flow of God, well, then the words work. But if you just sit there, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, okay, I love you, God. Is it just a mind game and repetition that's taking you nowhere? That's what you want to pay attention to. No matter what you choose to focus on in meditation, be cautious, be aware of the games of the mind that will lead you astray from really moving into the experience of what the meditation is for. So when we go into meditation, I'm going to just take a couple minutes to guide us into the meditation. And we'll chant to you just three times out loud at one point as I guide us, just so you begin to not only hear the sound. If you don't want to chant out loud, that's fine. But just listen so you hear that sound and maybe even feel that hum, that frequency, the vibration of it. That's what we want you to do. And then we're going to be quiet. We're going to go into a period of silence where you now can just do it all silently within. Yes, there'll be coughing, sneezing in the room, people doing stuff. We'll just ask everybody to be as quiet as possible. But that's going to go on. Just be aware. If it draws your attention, just let it go and come back to focus. Keep your attention focused, as we like to say, inwards and upwards under that inner light and sound. And here's one of the other cool things. When you work with a sacred name such as the hue and you really work it, there will be the day you will actually hear the voice of spirit chanting that name back to you. Not you chanting it, but literally it being chanted to you. And when that day happens, that loving frequency that comes into you is just amazing. These are real experiences. These aren't made up hocus pocus. There's actually a very scientific approach to this action, believe it or not. It's very scientific. It's very specific. That's why I'm trying to be specific with it. And so as we do that, we lead ourselves into that straight and narrow to go through the eye of the needle to awaken into the grandness that is in that divine experience. And it's just learning how to come to that one-pointed place where we become peace, be still. And then at some point we pop through 
that door, that eye of the needle, and that's when we really begin to have what one would call more of an awakening, a spiritual experience, where we really have an awareness, not a thought, but an awareness, an experience of that loving essence, and that's where we really begin to know what that is beyond thinking what it is. And that's really what we want for everybody here is your own personal experience, not just to listen to Jim or I go on and on and on about it like I probably have been for a while now.